Let's pray. Father, we give you all the praise, the honor, the glory. You deserve uh, so much more. Thank you for uh, granting us life in your son Jesus. Pure grace, undeserved favor. Lord, how can we respond to uh, such an amazing love? Help us to offer our lives back to you as a living sacrifice. Help us to be available, teachable. May we grow in the humility of Christ. And like uh, John the Baptist said, I, I need to decrease so that he can increase. Christ now lives in me. Lord, help us. Thank you that you have gathered us as a body of believers, and each one has an important contribution in the life of the church, this local expression of your body. And Father, help us to, um, to appreciate each other's uh, uniqueness, unique gifts, contribution, and uh, Lord, you love us equally. We are all precious uh, to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> okay, so uh, just a few minutes to try to wrap up a little bit the, uh, the intro last week, Romans 1 and 2. So here we have a beautiful, um, I, I, I find this passage could, could be put side by side with Romans 12, 1 and 2, and, and then I have another one right after that. Uh, just to see that in, um, in God's word, that's what's so uh, you know, interesting and encouraging. We can find parallel passages that talk about more, more or less the same thing, but using different language or different words, and, and it becomes even more rich. It, it helps us to, to grasp even more. So here Paul says, if then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And I, I've circled my, uh, my text here. Seek the things that are above and not the things that are on earth. If you remember Romans 12, 1 and 2, do not be conformed to this present world, but let, basically let God transform you uh, by the renewing of your mind. And, and if uh, one more thing that we see in this passage, it's, uh, yeah, basically, it's a bit like seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That, that was a, and still is, a, uh, an important verse, uh, a life verse for me. So if we seek God, his kingdom, and his righteousness, all these things, you know, our, our basic needs, uh, the Lord, 
promises to uh, take care of us, provide for us. We don't have to live in fear and, and worry. Set your minds, you see, on things. So be, let yourself be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And last week, I, I, didn't, I didn't really have a chance to get to that point, but I, I think we were familiar with many verses that talk about uh, the mind and the importance of uh, spending time in God's word, for instance, and, and letting the word of God sink in and wash us renew our mind, change our thoughts. Ephesians 4 has a section where Paul says something like, stop lying and speak the truth in love. Stop stealing and, and start working to help. You, you see, there's a, there's a work of uh, transformation of our minds being renewed to, to live a way that's aligned with uh, God's word. Are you glad? I'm glad that we have God's word in our own tongue, our own language. And, um, <clears throat> okay, let's continue. Okay. So here, here's another passage, and this time it's Peter. And he says, as you come to him, a living stone rege rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. Sometimes, as a Christian, you could feel a little bit like this, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, remember, you are chosen and precious. Whatever others might think or say about you, what is most important, I think, is what does God say about, about me if, if I belong to his family? And to spend time uh, meditating, take, take a Bible and look up all, the, all the, the truths about your new identity in Christ. And, and you know, that can really root you in the faith. Uh, that's something that, that can be really uh, helpful. Living stone. So Romans 12, it says, offer your body as a living sacrifice. And here Peter uses living stone. You know, some people, if they read this, let's say they're very young Christians, they, they could wonder, what, what, is, what is this all about? A living stone, a living sacrifice. Now, you might be a rolling stone. That's easier to understand, maybe. But what does it mean to be a, a stone is not really anything that has life. And a sacrifice usually is, is something that is dead. You know, you, you offer up an animal. But these, these illustrations come from the Old Testament. And we're going to read in, in this passage that God has done a wonderful thing in Christ Jesus. And he has 
um, he's, he, he's at work building his church across the world. We, we have brothers and sisters coming to faith from Iran. Uh, we have, I'll talk about my friend a bit later, Belal, who's from Bangladesh. And, and they, they come from a Muslim background. And Jesus is building his church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Praise the Lord. So me and you, we are part of this beautiful work of God. You yourself, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus. We saw this a little bit last week, and you've probably heard the, the expression uh, priesthood, the priesthood of believers. And I think what that means is that um, all of us, if you belong to the body of Christ, if you are a Christian, you know Jesus as your Savior. All of us, we are priests in a way. And you could say we are missionaries in, in, in some way, definitely. We are ministers of the gospel in, in some way. Everyone is um, involved and we're offering sacrifices to the Lord what kind of sacrifice, we talked about it last week. It could, it could be so many things. Thanksgiving, prayers, uh, you're encouraging a, a brother, a sister, you're serving, you're sharing your faith. You are, whatever God gives you to do, uh, you know, do it uh, joyfully for his glory. And, and you're acting, you're exercising your priesthood. So, um, okay. Let's see what. Okay, here's a short one. <laughs> As a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim. You know, we we would think that you may proclaim the good news, the gospel, and yes. We're called to share our faith, to share the good news. But here it, it says that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness. Isn't that interesting? I, I find that really interesting because we represent, we're ambassadors of Christ. And we are, we're excited when, you know, when you meet someone, uh, What's really important for you and me is our, our Lord Jesus, and we want others to know about him, the excellencies of him who called you. He called me out of darkness into his marvelous light, and now we're God's people. We've received mercy. <clears throat> but you see verse 11, like Romans 12 last week, <clears throat> Peter says, Beloved, I urge you as exiles, sojourners, to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Do not 
Paul would say, do not be conformed. Don't let the pressure of the world mold you, squeeze you into its image to the present world. I think when I first came to this building, this church, I, I had moved on the carry, and there was four of us, four Christians from different churches living together. And so I was exploring, visiting churches. I, I visited a church nearby. I won't say the name of the church, but it was pretty dead. Uh, I don't know. They, I'll just say it was pretty dead. <laughs> I don't need to say more, I guess. <clears throat> but then, one Sunday I came here, and, and right here uh, from the pulpit, I believe it was a missionary who was, uh, who was doing what I'm doing right now. And I, I was deeply moved, deeply touched, maybe not so much by the words, but the presence of the Holy Spirit, I, I felt, uh, was, was, was the love of God was, was in this place. And, and God was being lifted up. Uh, and, you know, when, I guess it's Paul who says, when, when people come and visit your, your Christian group uh, and you're worshiping, that they, they might encounter God in some way. Uh, I think that's why God doesn't call us uh, as Christians to be lone rangers. During the pandemic, you know, we saw that, yes, you could be watching or listening to sermons from home, and, and many of us, we, we had no choice. But something's missing, just like Robert talked about. What, what's missing? I mean, I can... I think there's over 3,000 Martin Lloyd-Jones audio sermons online, and I've only listened to a few of them. And I'm blessed when I do that. Um, but there's something special where Jesus says where two and three are gathered, and you know when the whole body is together, uh, there's something very special. I was, I was deeply uh, touched, and I said, you know what? I think this is going to be the church. And then this morning, <laughs> you know, um, our memory can be, um, so we sang trust and obey. Okay, if I ask some of you, does that song uh, remind you of something? Well, my baptism, we used to sing trust and obey, like for baptism here. It just brought back, uh, that was a special time in my life. I, I was married here with uh, my wonderful wife, Hadio. And, uh, the, you know, these are, are wonderful. When, when, I, when I was in CJEP, uh, there, there was one night very late, I was hitchhiking. And anyhow, a Christian gave me a lift back to my parents' home. In those days, we, we still did that. I guess nowadays uh, it's kind of taboo or something. Um, anyhow, God used uh, even hitchhiking to save me. So 
uh, this guy invited me to a little house, a small group in Carp, Ontario, that's outside Ottawa. I only went there once, once in my life, and if you ask me, I could tell you probably a lot of details about that night. That's the first night I remember uh, getting down on my knees. I think they were uh, charismatic Pentecostal. Um, I got, you know, he asked me to get down on my knees. They laid hands on me, and they, they prayed, and I, I prayed to receive Christ. Uh, my intellect was so uh, zigouillé. It's, it's like a um, short circuit, you know? Like, they're, they're talking about something in the Bible. That, I can tell you, they had real Bibles. But for me, it just, it, it, it went, whew, like, <laughs> somewhere up there. But again, the love, the love in that place, I tell you, was so tangible. It was God's presence among his people. So why am I saying this? <laughs> I'm keeping track. <laughs> okay. So why am I saying this? Romans 12, don't conform to the world. Let God transform you. Now, there's another passage where Paul also uses the same verb, metamorphose, and in the passive voice. If you remember last week, it's uh, letting someone else wash you or transform you, and, and you, you're, you're kind of almost like disabled. You, you can't do it yourself, and it's humbling. So in 2 Corinthians, at the end of chapter 3, I don't have the slide, there, Paul, he's talking about Moses when he came down from being with God for 40 days on the mountain. And, and I mean, Moses is coming down, and I mean, his face is beaming. It's just like, it would be a nice movie to do, like, a special effects. But he was with God 40 days and that encounter transformed him deeply. And it was even uh, manifested, you know, in, in a, on his face, in the glory that I was talking about, some of these Christian meetings, the presence of the Lord being in his temple among his people. And I just, just for fun, I, I Googled <laughs> Some of us Google, you know, for all kinds of things. You want to fix uh, your pipe that was broken, whatever. There, you can do so much now. I saw, in a way, it's not all bad. It's, it's just an instrument. I Googled, like, average time on media, online, including TV. Average, average time. I don't know if, if this is accurate. But I, I checked a few sites. No, I, I couldn't believe it. it. They were saying 10 hours a day? That's including online. And I said, that that's probably because people are working from home now. They have to Zoom meetings. And then I said, oh, I'll check 2019 just to make sure. 
nine hours, nine and a half hours. Uh, <clears throat> anyhow, there, there's some good things and, you know, part of that 10 hours might be a Martin Lloyd-Jones sermon for one hour. There might be something else that will uh, feed you spiritually. But there's, there's a book that uh, I have. It's called, we become, we become Like What We Worship. Isaiah talks about this. He says, the people who worship uh, vain idols, he says, these idols, they're, <laughs> they're dead. They can't hear, they can't see, they're, they're dead. But people who worship vain idols become, they're transformed, they become like them in a way. Um, we reap according to what we sow. You know this principle. So if we reap according to the spirit, you know, life, but according to the flesh, destruction. So don't be conformed to this world. Be, let God transform. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. And, and for you to just bring that before the Lord. Um, am I spending maybe exposing myself uh, to a lot of time, um, maybe it's social, social media, and you know, the, the, I, I'll call it the eternal scroll of Facebook. There's, there's, it's a bottomless pit, I think. <laughs> and then they, they keep coming up with dog or cat or flower, whatever it is you like. Somehow there's always uh, new uh, feeds. Anyhow, <laughs> I, I, I don't want you to leave and ah, oh, he was, you know, he, he's, he's bursted my bubble. I love, I love this. It's, it's one of my pastimes. <laughs> At the same church here, Keith Price, Keith Price gave one or two messages. I only heard him once in my life in, in person. A strong, uh, I, I still remember it vividly. I remember a little bit, he was talking about broken cisterns in Jeremiah chapter 2 and, and so on. But the glory of God was, was manifest. I believe this man spends much time, well now he's passed away, but he would spend much quality time with God. And you could, uh, you could feel it, you, you could see it. George Beverly Shea, in the, um, it was the Leighton Ford Crusade, because Billy Graham was not able to come. He would open his mouth, start singing. Anyone can sing, uh, you know, uh, the old rugged cross, or I forget which one it was. I'd rather have Jesus, yes. I'd rather have Jesus than all the gold. But when he started to sing, he was using his gift. The whole place lit up. And it's not, oh, superstar. 
George Beverly Shea is, is a great uh, singer. No, Jesus was, was using him as an instrument. So let's go to the passage. I'm keeping track. Okay. So Paul says, By the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment. Okay, just pause. What's repeated? Sometimes that gives us a clue. Anyhow, he's, he was talking about let God transform you, renew you, the renewal of the mind. The mind is important. Paul will say whatever is pure, whatever is true, whatever... Uh, Focus on these things and, and don't focus on uh, things that will, will not really bless you or help you. Each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For in one body we have many members and they don't all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. I think Robert had mentioned something about this passage. Um, so Romans 12, he starts off, you know, you're, we are to offer responding to God's love and grace. How do we respond? I surrender. And I'm the priest but I'm also the sacrifice. And Lord, I offer to you my life. I'm available. Use me as, as you wish. Uh, and then, you know, Romans 12, it said, then you will discern the will of God. If, if we offer our body as a living sacrifice, if we don't conform and if we let God transform us, then normally, we should know what is God's will uh, for us, maybe moment by moment or something like that. <clears throat> so I was thinking Romans 12, before there's a lot of you know, theology and, and it's beautiful, it's, it's very deep, takes time to, to reflect on that. But once he gets to chapter 12, he, he's talking, I think he's talking about living out our Christian life. And he talks about the, I guess, the mature Christian or the character that is of the Christian, that, that is pleasing to God. And, you know, when I looked at Romans 12 a few, a few times, actually, <laughs> certain things were not there were not there and other things were there and and that's that's significant i think now paul and we're going to see this next week i'll i'll continue paul doesn't focus so much on knowledge he's going to say in corinthians 8 first corinthians 8 uh, knowledge puffs up but love builds up. 
And in, in Corinthian, when he talks about the spiritual gifts, chapter 12, then he goes to chapter 13, because he says that the greatest, I'll tell you, is love. Love. <clears throat> Marshall, I hope you can follow me. I'll, I'm not even sure if I can follow myself. <laughs> uh, a guru of communications from Toronto University, I think, Marshall McLuhan, I think, he said, the media is the message. Now, why am I saying that? You, I believe that God is transforming us and that we can embody the, the, the character of Christ, the fruit of the Spirit. You, if I ask you to think about someone in your life that, that had a, a strong impact, you, you looked at their life and you were, uh, you were kind of blown away in some ways, not because, wow, he's really smart. He knows a lot of things. It might be because of that, might. Keith Price, he went to China and they visited a house church, underground church. And there was a little lady, a Christian lady, she started praying in Chinese, so he couldn't understand the words. But the whole place was filled, he says, was filled with the glory of God, and he was deeply, deeply moved. Uh, the media is the message. Your life, my life, you know, you sometimes we say we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and we have instances in the Old Testament where the glory of God filled the temple. May the Lord, not for our own glory, I, I think you, you understand that, but when people encounter you, you know, like John the Baptist, I must decrease and let him increase. How does that happen? Spending time like Moses, 40 days on the mountain, being quiet, listening to the Lord, spending time in his word, letting your mind be renewed, your character become more patient. We were not to compare ourselves to others. I, I think that's what we find. Don't start judging or comparing. I'm better than him, but he's better than me. It, all this is useless. It's leave it to God. That's not to be our business. But if you want, you can compare yourself to where you were maybe five years ago, ten years ago, and give God the glory. Thank you, Lord. I, I used to be so impatient, and now a little bit more. <laughs> But there's still work to be done. But you see, you can, you can boast in the Lord in that way, maybe, that he is faithful to complete the work that he started in you. And, you know, hopefully when people meet you, they, someone said, 
I, I read that this was for an evangelism uh, training. They said, people don't care how much you know, and you probably know the other part, until they know how much you care. Does it make sense? People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Love. So Paul, he says in Corinthians 13, love is the greatest. Faith, hope, and love. These three remain. Knowledge will cease. It's okay and it's good to want to study the Word of God and, you know, hey, I'm not against that. I do it myself. But be careful, you know. Knowledge puffs up, love builds up. And I, I, if, I, <clears throat> if, if someone asks me, what helped you the most, Richard, to grow in uh, Christian, I hope, maturity, or Christian character, what helped you the most? Was it a sermon you heard on Sundays? Is that, is that the main uh, means, the main way that God used to transform you? I, I'd have to say sometimes, you know, and like I said, I could listen to millions of sermons, uh, and I'm, I'm not saying sermons are not important, but Trials, difficulties in my life probably have been more transformed by, by these things. One-on-one um, -on -one encounters with Christians, uh, things can go really small groups. I mean, Ken knows I, I, I love, <laughs> I'm more uh, advocate for the small groups maybe than preaching, but it's because we're all unique, you know. When I'm in a small group and I'm leading a small group, I always say to leaders, it's not a mini church. You're not there to preach a sermon. You're there to facilitate. And you know, I've always been so uh, blessed because the same passage, different people, they bring in something a little bit different. And you know, the end result is, Wow, I never, I never considered that. And you, the body builds itself up in love as we, a safe place, we can share, and we can agree to disagree. Um, there's so much more that could be said. Hopefully next week I, I could... Um, I know last week someone said, you kind of finish boof like this. <laughs> I'll try to uh, be a bit nicer this week. <laughs> so, um, but what I, okay, this would be the last one. Uh, Richard Foster, he wrote a book called uh, Streams of Living Water. And basically he did, he did a survey of church history and he looked at five areas of Christ Christian life. And he looked at different, uh, you know, Christians like Billy Graham and, and others. So the five, one is focused on the word, the word of God is 
very important. Another one would focus more on prayer, and prayer is important. Different kinds of prayer, contemplative, silent prayer. Some would focus on the life of the Spirit. So you're going to meet Christians, even here, who might, if you ask them, which one, is it the Word of God that's most important? Is it prayer that would be the important focus? Is it um, the other one that I said there? <laughs> and, and two more, one being evangelism or missions. Some people, their they, they, missions, evangelism is, that's what the church should be all about. And I, I, I'm a missionary, so I, I would say it's important, yes. And then there is uh, another one I forget for now, but but, but the point is, okay, you might have a leader in the church or you might have a board, a leadership board that uh, considers that, you know, one of these things is, is really essential or central and, and, you know, the focus will be maybe more on that. But in order to, uh, to have kind of a healthy a uh, Christian life, a healthy church. It's, Jesus gave each one of us, oh yes, yeah, social justice is the last one. So you're, you're going to have a small group. You could have someone who's like, I believe the word of God is central, very important. Another one is, non, well, prayer. It's all about prayer. We need to pray more. Another one would say, well, social justice, God calls us to be involved in in, in issues, contemporary things going on. And another one, missions. Hey, what are, what's happening with missions? So what am I trying to say is that we, you know, we need to celebrate. We are not all the same. We're not wired. And each one of us might think that one of these five things should be the main focus. And Probably a blend of these five things is nice. But you know, you never get it perfect. Father, we thank you for the, um, the variety of gifts. And not one of us is more important than another. Help us to stimulate one another, encourage each other to discover our areas of service and to... Um, Yes, to use our gifts for your glory, for the blessing of your body, for, for, so that others would hear about Jesus also. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.